Right, the huddle's with us now. Trish Sherson, Sherson Willis, PR, and Mike Munro, who work for both Helen Clark and Jacinda Ardern. Hello, you two. Hello. We'll come back to COP. Hello, Mike. We'll come back to COP twenty-eight. Trish, do you expect that these protests organised by the Maori Party tomorrow are going to be big? I have a feeling they might be big, Mm. Uh, and that's going to be the pictures for the opening of Parliament. Mm -hmm. And I think it sends a message. to act about be careful what you wish for because you're gonna you're, you're getting it um, and I think it is a perfect platform for to party Maori with increased numbers in Parliament uh, to really stamp their mark on things mm. from the start uh, and why it, are you smiling so much it's <laughs> like you enjoy the thought I know. well <laughs> I well you know, I have actually thought that it is a good thing for democracy in New Zealand to have Te Party Māori in strong numbers in this parliament particularly. Uh, uh, but I'm smiling because, you know, this is this will be uh, week two of the new government with uh, one of the minor parties leading the agenda. Oh my goodness, you make such a good point. Week one was awful. Week two is shaping up to be just as bad for national potentially, right? Exactly. Okay. And and I do, I think you have got a point about it causes difficulty for national not wanting to have to take a position on this. Yeah. Obviously kicking out the referendum uh, that ACT wanted and having this um, uh, having this legislation instead, which I imagine they wanted to put through select committee and then um, die. you know and then it for it to yeah. die. Um, but I don't think that is um, the case with this debate now. it you know the genie is out of the bottle too right. it is too. Mike, what are you expecting? Do you think they'll be big? Yeah, look from the moment I heard about this um, pledge was you know I, the moment I heard it was in the coalition agreements. I thought it was really made for the Maori Party mm. to get on their high horse, and boy, tomorrow they're going to do it with bells on. I agree with Trish that there will be a massive turnout tomorrow. There's a lot of anger out there about this, um, about you know the coalition going down this particular route. Um, we have argued about the principles of the treaty for years and years in New Zealand, and to think we can somehow come up now with a way of putting them to a referendum is rather fanciful. Uh, I think Maori know that. Um, a lot of non-Maori know that, and I think the start of the angry reaction you'll see it on the uh, on the streets in the major cities tomorrow. Mike, do you? Uh, it's not the best way to to get people on board with your message, though, is it? Right, as we found out with the climate hang gluers who who were disrupting the traffic in Wellington. All you do is you drive people away from your cause. So, are they not actually at risk? This is the Maori Party of driving people towards being more sympathetic towards ACT. Yeah, well, I think that's always the risk when you start engaging in really disruptive tactics yeah. like, like blocking roadways. Um, but also you draw attention to the issue too. You know, you, you, sort, of, you sort of win and lose sometimes yeah. with, uh, with protests like this. Yes, you'll turn some people off, but I think you'll draw attention to the cause and obviously that's the, uh, you know, that's the objective tomorrow. Yeah, and I think the other thing that it will do, um, which as we've spoken about before, my personal concern with, with how this was going to be, this whole debate was going to be conducted in a way that didn't further promote division but actually took us forward constructively, I think that's what tomorrow is all about. It will further drive um, division. Yeah, I think sort of impossible to do it. Like, Yeah, I agree with you. Impossible once the genie's out of the bottle. All right, we'll take a break with you guys, come back to COP28 and also have a chat about the CRL in Auckland. Right, you're back with the huddle, Tricious and Mike Munro as well. Mike, the CRL in Auckland, I'm going to get to COP28, but the CRL in Auckland costing the city $220 million a year when it opens. How on earth can the city pay for that? 
well, hopefully lots of people will use it. It will raise lots of revenue. I mean, look, the thing even is... With, even with $40 million worth of revenue, the bill is still $220 million. Yeah, it still comes up short. But, you know, you, you've got to look at roads as well, Heather. It costs us about something like $25,000 per kilometre to maintain our roads and keep them in working order. That's the cost of running transport systems. Um, and that's just going to be the reality of the CRL. Mm. Aucklanders are never going to have any re- relief in their rates. I mean, I think that, that city, well, all cities, are saddled with high rates bills uh, forevermore because of the cost of these transport systems, because of the cost of updating our water infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. So the CRL is just another big uh, you know, bill that's going to, that rate payers of Auckland are going to saddle uh, as far as we can see into the future. Trish, the uh, Ratepayers Alliance is calling on the, I, I suppose, on the Auckland's mayor to initiate an inquiry to see how on earth the cost blew out to this extent. What do you think? Is that going to solve a problem? Well, it won't solve the problem, um, but I was certainly surprised to see the quantum of these numbers. And, huge. you know, it's absolutely huge. And I do think, look, you know, ratepayers are going to be increasingly saddled with 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 big bills we know that but at some point councils and central government have to think you know you can't milk ratepayers um, out of their homes yeah. and the if you know if you look at the recent inflation data the impact of rising rates on inflation in New Zealand domestic inflation is absolutely massive yeah. so it's back to that um, fundamental reality of a central and local government taking charge of their own finances and getting their house in order and and you can't just lump it onto people. No, you can't. Mike, COP28. We have 60,000 people flying into an oil state where the guy running the show is an oil baron himself and he says there is no science to back up the phasing out of fossil fuels and he's he's organising secret meetings on the side to try and strike oil deals with companies or countries, what this is a joke, Mike. Is it not a joke? This is becoming yeah, farcical. I mean, yeah, the, these guys make it hard for themselves by having one of the world's major oil and gas producers hosting it, and like you say, flying thousands of people in fossil fuel powered jets to get there. But look, we, we're sort of stuck with this. This global response to the climate emergency has been going for what 25, 30 years now, and we can't sort of can it now. We've got to, we've got to push on and try and find some ways of meeting the goals that were, you know, set at Paris and what was it, 2015. So, yeah, the die is cast. We've got to get on with this journey. Uh, it's unfortunate, like I say, that, that they make it so difficult for themselves by um, sort of, you know, indulging countries like the UAE and, and flying so many people around the world to get there. Fresh. Well, the total I saw of people flying there is closer to 97,000. What? How was I so wildly off the mark? That's, that is 97,000 people flying in. So, you know. Trish, but here's the thing, right? 97,000 people for one conference. You could sort of maybe go, oh, well, look, it's really important. It's the climate. But this is happening 28 times. This is so bad. Yeah, plus the hot air emitted at the conference. So, exactly. you know, so we're well off with Paris. I mean, I, I, I thought Simon Watts actually made great points. In terms of New Zealand going, there's a, there's a couple of things. Number one, I thought it was smart from the government to take James Shaw, so so ex climate minister, he's going with Simon Watts. That's a that's a good um, handover, and obviously yep, you know he's he's an expert there. I thought that was great. I thought Simon Watts's points though are, are 
pretty much sums it up. This is as much about the climate as it is about uh, trade. Yeah, this, and, that's what he was suggesting, right? He's chatting about everything else as well. A, a, absolutely, absolutely, and and we have to be there. I do have still great hope. Um, it's a bit much for a Monday night at 5.51. I still have great hope for humanity, but also for actually private business to be getting on and doing a lot of the stuff while yeah. this all this the, the these guys kind of have the hot air uh, stuff going on. And let's face it, in terms of that ridiculous award, um, you know. The Fossil Award. The, the Fossil Award. I mean, rich when you compare New Zealand to a whole lot of other countries who UAE. In pretty much every, on every measure are, um, yeah. you know, still emitting willy-nilly. Good. I think that I think that's fair. I like that. Yep. <laughs> it's definitely my favourite thing of the day. Guys, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Trish Sherson, Sherson Willis PR, Mike Munro, who work for both Helen Clark and Jacinda Ardern. It's eight away from six. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.